Welcome, sir. Uh, Sunday night, April 25th, 2021, uh, episode two of the Three Major Sports Podcast. Uh, Mr. Rob here in uh, sunny Sarasota, Florida, and Mr. Enrique here on the other side. In muggy Miami. Muggy Miami. Perfect. Yes. Uh, we're going to do some baseball stuff today. Enrique is sort of going to take the lead on this one. Um I've, I've taken a, a slight step back with my team's stupidity, so he probably is a little more knowledgeable than me anyway right now. Uh, but we'll have him start it off, and, uh, and I'll sort of go back and forth. Uh, go ahead, sir. I know we were going to do sort of, a, uh, sort of an overview pulse check of the, of the season so far. We're about 20 games in for most teams, unless, unless you're the Mets. Uh, maybe a little more, 22, 23, somewhere in there. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, let's, let's get it going. Awesome. So, uh, thanks for joining us, everybody. So, yeah, like I said, we're going to jump into the league. And then second half of the show, we're going to uh, talk about what top players under 25 years old you would pick if you were the GM of your favorite team to build around for the next decade. So that's where we're going to um, end up today. We're going to start off with, with some league notes, right? First thing that we got to talk about, the Oakland A's, right? Who would have thought that uh, a month ago? The Oakland A's started out 0 and 6 and just went on a crazy 13-game winning streak. They lost earlier today, right, so the, the streak is over. But anybody who puts together 13 straight after going 0-6 deserves a minute of our time. Um, and the A's are just – again, it's, it, last time we talked about how the Giants were really surprising everybody and there was nothing crazy about their team, that actually continues. The A's are pretty similar, right? So digging into them a little bit, their pitching is nothing – out of this world right now. Uh, none of their starters have an ERA before uh, under three. They've got, you know, Sean Manaya doing a couple of good things. He's probably been their, their strongest starter. Uh, Jesus Lazardo is coming up. He's a, a great young stud who's probably going to uh, take the league by storm once he can stay healthy. He's had some injury issues, but he's starting to get it together. And then they've got like Chris Bassett and stuff like that. These are just consistent at times. Uh, standard MLB arms, right? There's nothing amazing yeah, about just, them. They just sound like dudes. Right, they're just dudes. But then you're like, all right, so how are they doing this? Well, it's it's the bats. It's the offense. Uh, Matt Olson is probably one of the most underrated corner infielders in this league. He's been doing what he's doing now for a couple seasons. And because of where he plays and who he plays for and them not really being relevant – he doesn't get a lot of love, but Matt Olson's hitting 320 this year. He's got six home runs already, 17 RBIs. Dude's got a 1.030 OPS. So he's getting on base. He is hitting the ball for power. Um, he's doing everything that this team needs right now. So between him and the resurgence of Jed Lowry, uh, Jed Lowry used to be an A, and he was, I mean, coming from a fantasy perspective. He was somebody who you always wanted to have on your team, right? As a second baseman, that wasn't a, a very strong position. He was doing it uh, really well for a couple of years. And then he left Oakland. I think he went to go play for the Mets for like two seasons. And as exactly what you expected would happen. He went to the Mets and disappeared off the face of the earth. Well, <laughs> he's back in Oakland. This dude's hitting like 300, 293. Another 17 RBIs. His OPS is 855. Uh, so they're getting the offense from the infield. Their outfield, again, is uh, – I mean, Mark Canna has been all right. 
He's hitting like 260, which is pretty normal for Marcana, but he's got an 848 OPS too. This team somehow has put these bats together and they are like comeback kids. They were down, uh, it was like they were, they were up 6 0 the other day and then they went down 10 6 and end up winning that game in extra innings, I think against the Twins. This is the kind of team and the kind of season that they're having. They're like cardiac kids, they're comeback kids. Um, so the A's definitely deserve some credit out there. They're doing it on the offensive side of the ball. They're in first place in the AL West, which, again, with Mike Trout and Shohei Otani in that division, uh, and it's kind of crazy that they're leading it, and they are ahead by a couple of games. So shout-out to the A's. That's, uh, that's quite the story so far this year. Um, you got anything <clears throat> for them there? Uh, yeah, just from sort of like a, an overview advanced stat perspective, and this isn't super, super advanced, but just going through them real quick, it's interesting sort of to back up what you were saying. Their offense is eighth so far in runs scored. Uh, their pitching get, has given up the seventh most runs. So kind of a <laughs> kind of a strange um, polar opposites there on on their two sides of the field. So that's yeah. that's kind of interesting. Also, uh, and and a small correction, just so we're on the same page. They actually were zero and seven to start the season. Ooh. Won thirteen in a row and then lost today. Uh, so they won 13 in a row and they still have a negative run differential for the yep. season, which is crazy to me. Um, that typically means that, that you're probably on pace. I mean, it's like negative two, so it's not that yeah. big a deal, but that's probably like an 80 to 83 win team, uh, based on that slight projection. Now, granted it's early, they're playing 162 this year. It's not the shortened season. So, uh, I- I'm sure it'll, it'll go one of those two directions. Right. Um, but just an interesting sort of perspective to see them on. It, it's it's unusual to go on a 13-game win streak and still be negative uh, as far as – In terms of run differential. differential. For the, yeah, for the season. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was kind of interesting to see. It has been a crazy season for them thus far. And But let me tell you, so on the flip end of what you're saying, right, let's say that, that water holds and this is how it is, then, yeah, they're probably around a 500 team. But if at any point any of this pitching wakes up, uh, I mean, they don't even have to be elite. As long as you're like middle of the pack, you're telling me they're allowing the seventh most runs. If you can turn that into like 15th or 16th, this you can run away with this division at that point with the way that everybody else is playing. Uh, so that's really interesting, something to keep a, an eye out. Uh, Jesus Lazardo, Frankie Montas, um, and those are some young pitchers coming up. And Sean Manaya, if he can stay healthy, they have the possibility of turning that, that – uh, rotation into something decent and they've got Lou Trevino who's apparently like a great closer now again they signed uh Trevor Rosenthal do gets hurt in spring training he's probably going to miss the entire season so there goes your your big free agent signing that's supposed to close games for you and in stumbles Lou Trevino who hasn't had a decent season since like 2018 and all of a sudden this guy's lights out in the ninth uh and he's racked up a bunch of saves so if this pitching staff can turn it around for for Oakland, they can definitely make some noise out there, some money ball noise out in the on the West Coast. Right. Craziness. Craziness. Yeah, that's that's a good one. That's a good one. So uh, that's what we got on the A so far. I just wanted to shed some light on them, give them some credit because, dude, again, if you win 13 straight, we got to talk about you a little bit. Um, yes. What I want to jump into next, I think, has been the story of the season, right? Everything about baseball lately, especially with like the juice ball situation from the past couple seasons, it's it's home runs, offense. It's like everybody's gonna hit fifty jacks. Everybody's gonna be this amazing bat. But this year, 
pitching has been the uh, surprise, I guess, statistic, the surprise aspect of the game that's like really changing what we thought about baseball. A couple of just off-the-wall stats here. Opposition batting average, right? So, so far, we're we're young into the season, right? So, it's, you know, a month in, uh, more or less, give or take, this week will make a month. The Padres are allowing a 203 batting average against them. They play in probably the strongest division in the league right now with L.A. Um, Obviously, we talked about San Francisco getting some stuff done. They have a 203 batting average against them. That is insane. That's not something that we're we're thinking about. Like that's not something that we came into the season thinking we were going to see. The Brewers at 205 and the third best pitching staff in the league based on opposition's batting average. The Miami Marlins giving up a 206 average to the opposition. How are we under 500? I don't understand. But team pitching has been. Um, something that's incredible. And actually, we'll, we'll shout you guys out right here. I think the seventh best, uh, sixth best team, the Cleveland Indians, giving up only a 210 opposition batting average. I don't know how that's going for you guys. You guys are uh, even in the run differential, so there's nothing crazy going on with your offense or the pitching, apparently. Well, I guess it's just the offense because the pitching is keeping the, the batters on the other side in check and down. So, yeah, it takes it takes us back to the Indians. Really, don't have any hitters on that team, do they? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean, if you take the Mets out of it because they've just played so many few guess less games yeah. than, than any other team, the Indians have given up the fifth fifth least amount of runs uh, so far this season, uh, just behind the Dodgers, the Giants, the Blue Jays, and the Brewers. So um, they haven't really. I mean, pitching certainly hasn't been a problem. They have two two starters with ERAs under two and a half. Um, so that, that just hasn't been the issue. They just – if we can't hit a home run, they don't have any way to score runs. Uh, even with Francisco Lindor, we had trouble scoring and then yep. subtracted him. It's just sort of been a – you know, if, if Jose Ramirez doesn't hit a home run and Framil Reyes doesn't hit a home run, then you're sort of out of luck. I, I saw a stat halfway through their game today. They almost got swept by the Yankees in a four-game series today. They won today. Um but at one point during today's game, the Yankees had hit nine home runs this series. The Indians had hit zero, uh, which just seems ridiculous. Uh, and all three of those games, they were ahead to begin the game. The Thursday and Friday, they were up 3 nothing mm-hmm. and lost both of them. And then I think yesterday they were up 2 nothing and lost. So just <laughs> their, their offense is, is kind of pathetic. But I think that's, that's gone a few or gone that way for a couple different teams. Yeah, uh, but yeah, Cleveland just doesn't like to spend money on those those no corner infield positions. But something that um, you can hold with dear pride as an Indians fan is Mr. Shane Bieber, the defending American League Cy Young winner, and really putting up a strong campaign for a repeat in that. So oh, funny yeah. you mentioned the um, that Yankees Indians series. So yesterday we had quite the pitching matchup. We had Shane Bieber going up for the Indians against Garrett Cole. And, man, they did not disappoint. So both pitchers went seven innings. Uh, Bieber had nine Ks, gave up two runs. Cole had 11 Ks, gave up one run. Uh, The game ended 2-1, so those are the only runs in the game. And those guys, I mean, they went to work. Garrett Cole is, I mean, since last season, he's really shown (laughs) the Yankees that he is worth every dollar that they paid to acquire him before last season. And Bieber just continues to be lights out. He has 57 strikeouts so far this season. He's striking out 
39% of the batters that he faces. That is absurd. And we're gonna I, talk I think about that's a record for the first yeah. five starts, isn't it? I believe that he's got a record for the most strikeouts in the first five starts. Yeah, now with that one, yeah. Because DeGrom's only got four starts under his belt, I believe. And, and that's somebody else who we're going to talk about. But yeah, Bieber and Cole, they put on a show yesterday. They've been putting on a show this season. It's been pitching that we've been talking about that's just lights out, amazing to watch. I mean, if you guys haven't sat and watched Shane Bieber pitch or Garrett Cole pitch a game, just give them three or four innings of your time. These dudes are going to amaze you how they how they make professional batters look foolish constantly. It's so much fun to watch. I, I think one of the fun parts of, of the baseball season, it's not necessarily that pitchers in general are better, but it seems like we have more high-end pitchers uh, than we have since sort of like the Pedro Martinez, Randy Johnson era, where there were just dudes where you knew every fifth day it was going to be – you're almost as excited or more excited to watch them pitch than uh, than you were to see other teams bat, which I, I know with those two guys, Randy Johnson and the nights of his starts when he was a Mariner and then even more when he was a Diamondback – it's like as soon as that guy was on the mound, if you could turn on a Diamondback game, you were yep. doing it because it was so awesome to see you. Just, I mean, is he going to strike out 20 guys today? You never yep. knew. Yeah. Uh, and, and I feel like that's sort of the direction it's gone. It's not necessarily that every team has one of those guys, but these top end dudes are just so friggin' good. Yeah. That it's, uh, you know, it's I must mean, see TV. So to put what, what Rob's saying into a little bit perspective here, we've got. Jacob DeGrom out there, he's got 29 innings pitched, right? So not, nothing crazy. He's got a .31 ERA. He's allowed one run so far this year. He's actually got more RBIs than runs allowed as a starting pitcher, which is insane. And in that time, he's got 50 strikeouts. He is striking out 49.5% of the people he faces. So literally, he's taking out half the people he, he goes up against on a K. Like, you're not even putting the ball in play against this dude. That is Randy Johnson, Pedro Martinez, prime type of stuff. Um, so he's just – I put it up the other day on our on our uh, Instagram account, which everybody should go out and follow, three major sports uh, on Instagram, that this is one of the guys that we're going to be telling stories about. Like when we start telling our kids and our grandkids about who were the greatest players like in our day when we were watching, Jacob DeGrom is going to be one of those dudes that we talk about like we just talked about Randy Johnson or, or Pedro Martinez. The things that he does out there – are incredible and he does it effortlessly right the dude just he doesn't even look like he's straining out there he's just throwing he's rearing back and throwing that and just everybody looks foolish against the grom everybody except yeah. Jazz chisholm of course we put one in the upper deck uh fyi in case anybody didn't see that uh there's the one run he allowed this season it was a solo there back to that marlin star <laughs> baby but the grom amazing um corbin burns another one a little bit out of nowhere, right? Corbin Burns has been around for a couple of years, but he started out in a relief role. Yet last year, he in the shortened season, he got into that starting role and he started showing what he can really do, especially as a strikeout machine. This dude has 40 strikeouts in 24 innings. He's striking out 47% of the batters that he faces. 0.37 ERA there, too. This is, like we were saying, top-end stuff that we're not expecting to see every year, especially in the game that we look at now, right, where power and hitting is everything. Um, so these guys are putting on quite the show in terms of a pitching performance. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I happen to just take a look at uh, at the WAR for uh, for pitchers already. Um, Degrom already leads pitchers in WAR with four starts, and Beaver's right behind him, a tenth of a point behind him with five starts. 
That's just that's that's crazy. You almost that's have insane. two two more before you re- you get out of April is nuts. That's yeah, that's that's crazy. That goes to show like the level of of work that they're putting in for us these days. That war is for anybody who doesn't get it, war is wins above replacement and if you really want to break stats down to their core, to their core, to their core, especially in baseball, war is the number you want to go because that literally will tell you how many wins that person represents on your team if they were like there versus if they weren't there. Like Mike Trout uh, traditionally is one of the highest war players. I think he's the highest in history so far, uh, or at least in the seasons that he plays as an active player, which is amazing. So these war stats, I recommend you guys look into them a little bit and, and check it out because, man, it really puts into perspective like how valuable these guys are to these squads. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love looking at that stuff. So, going forward, one more little thing that I want to touch on before we get into our big topic. Madison Bumgarner, Mad Bum. Listen, he's caught a lot of slack <laughs> these past couple of years. He's an undercover uh, rodeo clown, apparently. Uh, this dude does it all. And apparently, he decided to start pitching again today. So he went up against the Braves today, which is no slouch of a lineup, right? Defending an MVP, Freddie Freeman. They got Ronald Acuna, several other bats. Seven innings, threw a no-hitter, struck out seven guys on 98 pitches today. It was prime Bumgarner. Granted, seven innings shutout, seven inning no-hitter because it was a doubleheader for him today with these new rules. But still, for you to get uh, seven innings of no-hit ball against that lineup, uh, I believe it was in Atlanta. That is something to definitely take note of. And maybe Mad Bum turns a corner. He can give uh, those Diamondbacks a productive rest of the season. He's been kind of a bust since they signed him before last year. But um, let's see if Mad Bum can get it going. Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw a funny stat. Uh, Jason Stark, I think he's with The Athletic now, uh, he put a stat out that, that said – the the opposing pitcher Zach Patton or whatever whoever the guy was pitching for Atlanta today, mm-hmm. um, he had a one hitter. The one hitter counts for the record books where he can say he, had, he pitched a one hitter. But Bumgarner's not allowed to say that he pitched a no hitter because it was uh, seven just a seven inning game. Yeah, yeah. So that's, uh, <laughs> that's nonsense. If you're not gonna let him claim it, then don't have him play seven inning games. Right, right. Yeah, stupid, stupid. He has to say a, a seven inning. Of uh, of no hit ball, but he can't say a complete game uh, no hitter. Crazy. <laughs> so, well, that's where we're at right now. That's some of the biggest things to look around the league these days. Uh, we'll continue to to check in, and obviously, any important stuff that comes up, we're definitely going to talk about it because we love baseball around here. And that's what's going to take us into our next topic. So, we started doing a little brainstorming, trying to see, you know, what kind of uh, good info we can give our listeners here. And I think this is one of the most fun topics, especially. A, at the beginning of a season, right, there's so much uh, hope for these teams and people in their system and trying to get their guys up. We're going to go and talk about if we can pick the top five guys that we would want to uh, build our franchise around for the next, you know, eight, ten years. Uh, and they've got to be under 25, right? So that's the caveat. So that takes a lot of big names out, like, you know, Mookie, uh, obviously Trout, some of the bigger names in the game right now, Chris Bryant. Uh, they're over 24, 25 years old. They're way past that. So we're going to bring it down to the top five under 25. Now, the first thing that I'm going to go with, we're going to go with an honorable mention, right? I'm going to, spoiler alert, all five guys are position players, right? The bat, everyday players just possess such, uh, despite everything we've been talking about pitching, right? Everyday players are still the backbone of, of a team. 
right? You, you need the offense every day. You've got to score runs like we were talking about. Without the runs, it's really hard to be a really good team. So honorable mention for the first one is uh, Mackenzie Gore. Mackenzie Gore is the number one pitching prospect in all of baseball. He was drafted straight out of high school in 2017 by the Padres. He is going to be up sooner rather than later, right? Keep an eye out for this guy as soon as you hear his name. If you're a fantasy player, go out and grab him because this kid is going to be special. Uh, the only reason he didn't make the top five is from a pitching perspective, we got to see you do it in the big leagues, right? There's such a difference from the minor leagues um, to the majors in terms of pitching that I want to see him do it up here. But in the minors, he threw 183 innings, or he's thrown 183 innings. He's got a 2.56 ERA, and he's got 243 strikeouts in 183 innings. That's 12 Ks per nine. All of that while allowing a hit and a walk per inning, so a 1.01 whip. This kid, from what he has shown, is going to be phenomenal. The Padres have really put themselves in a good place going forward. Uh, again, some, some of the other players on their team, I mean, one of them might come up on this list too. They are ready to really make an impact for the next, I mean, maybe close to a decade if they've got that. So that's our honorable mention. But that's going to bring us right up into number five. Number five comes from the Toronto Blue Jays. And I really had to do uh, a little bit of looking at the numbers because I'll be honest, my first inclination was I think we're going to go with Vlad here, right? He's got the, the pedigree, and he's got probably one of the best batting profiles ever scouted by a, for a prospect by MLB scouts. But I have decided to go with Bo Bichette, who's playing uh, shortstop for the Toronto Blue Jays. He's only played 96 games in his career so far, right? But he's got a 295 average and an 870 OPS. 21 home runs, 56 RBIs, 11 stolen bases. But that's a pretty small sample size, right? It's not even a whole season. It's 95 games. So I wanted to look at it a little bit further. I did his 162 run rate. So if he were to play a whole season with what he's done so far over, I mean, these 96 games are spread out over three seasons. We had the short season last year, the season before he got called up, and obviously we've only played a little bit this year. But if we span that out to 162, this kid's on pace for 36 home runs, 95 RBIs, 20 stolen bases, um, and he fields at a 96% uh, rating. So the dude, can, he plays one of your premier positions at shortstop. He's got pop. He can run. He hits for average, right? He's in almost 300. Um, and he hasn't played an entire season yet uh, in the big league. He's only 23 years old. He's 23 years old. He's going to keep getting better. He's got, um, again, more pro pedigree, right, with his father, Dante Bichette, being – a player with the uh, Expos and the Rockies for such a long time. He's got other guys on the team with Biggio and Vlad in the same situation, right, with dads that played in the pros. Like, these dudes know what they're doing. They're at an advantage over most everybody else just because they've grown up around this, right? They grew up in clubhouses. They see how people prep. They see how people go about uh, going, working out, conditioning, stuff like that their whole lives. So I think the Blue Jays are in a really good spot with those three. And I think Bichette would be uh, my fifth choice if I were going to pick somebody to build my franchise around for the next, you know, eight to ten years or whatever it may be. Yeah, no, yeah, that's – I mean, that that's as good a pick as any. I think we talked before. I, I, I think I would have gone with Vlad myself. Uh, and and I, I think that the, uh, the players with dads who are professional uh, baseball players – um, idea is going to come up another time uh, in this list. I think so too. <laughs> so with that, we'll go with the number four and we'll see what you've got. 
Yeah, so mine's going to be a little different, sort of what you were talking about with Mackenzie Gore. Uh, I actually would go with the Tampa Bay Rays' uh, Wander Franco. Um, He's been the number one prospect in baseball for two years. I would assume with Tampa how they are and how they like to play with contracts and stuff that they're going to be bringing him up probably closer to June this year when he hits. But he can't stay in the minors anymore. There's nothing else to prove down there. Yep. Uh, this dude is just he he has plus the five tools that they go through in scouting. He has a plus on every single one, uh, and there there's some that are just plus plus. Like his his power profile, his hit profile as a shortstop, uh, both of them way above average. Um, he's someone who can be in the middle of your lineup right off the jump for probably the next ten to fifteen years, right away. Um, Obviously, we got to see it up at the major league level, but this is one of those dudes that you know once you bring him up, he's going to do some damage. It's real similar. You, you use or you said Chris uh, Bryant a couple minutes ago, uh, referencing some hitters that we have. He was real similar. As soon as Chris Bryant was up, you knew what he was going to do. He was an MVP very, very soon after coming up. Uh, Franco, I think, is going to be the same idea. That guy's going to come up, and the way the Rays treat people they're they're gonna have uh the best support around him that they can and he will he will excel i think almost immediately so that would be my number four is uh wander franco and hopefully we'll see him up here in another month or two definitely and to add a little bit more to franco because again whoever's listening this kid is going to be a star it's it's like rob was saying he's gonna be it's like chris bryant like when he comes up we're gonna know what he's doing he's only played 175 games as a professional so, again, barely over a season in the minors. 336 batting average, 928 OPS, 20 home runs, 110 RBIs, 22 stolen bases. This kid looks like he does it all. And my favorite part about his hitting profile, pitch selection, uh, in terms of uh, swing selection, he's got 54 strikeouts in 768 plate appearances. That's like a 7% strikeout rate. That's that awesome. is beyond elite. This dude yeah. is not going to go up there and just hack at, at whatever's coming at him. He's got a plan in his at-bats. He obviously doesn't get fooled very often. Now, again, this is against minor leaguers so far, so we can expect something a little bit higher than that in the pros. But, man, I'm expecting this kid to show up and just, like, go to town on, on sure. pitching in this league. Yeah, and he's 20. I mean, he's yeah. 20 years old. The dude yeah. can't even drink yet, and he's, he's going to be your best player when he pops up into the majors. He is. So, yeah, awesome. That's our number one rated prospect in the MLB. Number four on our list, Wander Franco for the Rays. So that is going to take us to number three. Oh, and real num- quick. Thank yep. you. Thank you for that proper pronunciation. That's that's not my forte. So that was good. <laughs> what, Wander? <laughs> yes. 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 Wander Franco. I, I, I say Wander Franco and you're like, oh, no. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. Wander Franco. <laughs> yeah. Let me, let me add some uh, culture to that. Good. Good. Let's thank you. Let's do it. Well, the next guy, I don't think anybody's had any trouble pronouncing his name anymore. And, again, it goes back to that pro-dad pedigree. Uh, number oh. three on our list, we're going to go with Fernando Tatis Jr. I'm just going to uh, make noise while you're talking about this guy because I love him so much. He's just I, so goddamn awesome. He is. <laughs> and before we even get into the stats of how awesome he is, I love watching this dude play ball. Like, he's got – personality which is something that traditionally man it gets baseballs thrown at your head in this fucking league which is nonsense right. in my opinion right right but this kid's got personality he's got attitude 
and he's backing it up, right? It's not like he's some scrub out there doing it. He's he just hit, you know, um, he just hit two. I, th- I don't know if it was both off Bauer, but he hit a home they run were. off of Bauer. They were both off Bauer. Yeah, yeah. He hit two yeah. home runs off of Bauer last night. And for anybody who doesn't know, in, in spring training, uh, Trevor Bauer was pitching at people with one eye closed. His control looked like absolute garbage in spring training. And it's because literally the dude was out there just fucking with people. He was throwing with one eye closed. So <laughs> Tatis goes and hits a jack off of him last night. And really, what does he do? He puts a hand over one of his eyes and stares down Bauer as he goes to first, like if he just hit that with one eye closed. And that's the type of stuff that is going to bring Major League Baseball back to like the younger generation, that kind of flamboyancy, that kind of swagger. I love it. And, and I mean, we haven't even talked about what he does on the field yet. This right. dude is 156 games into his MLB career. So, again, Trent, none of these guys have played a full MLB season yet. And we already see what kind of players they are. He's hitting 294 with a 914 OPS, 43 home runs, 104 RBIs, 29 stolen bases so far. Um, all MLB first team last year. Last year was his coming out party, right? We know it was a shortened season, but, man, this dude – was amazing last year. Probably the most like eye-opening thing about this dude, the White Sox went and signed him out of the international pool for like seven hundred thousand dollars in I think it was like twenty sixteen or some something like that. A, a num a, like a nonsense number, less than a million bucks. You have this guy in your farm system, and what do the White Sox do? They turn around and they trade him for James Shields like mid-season to the Padres a couple years ago. And you're like, Ugh. even when it happened, you're like, man. Either Chicago just knows something that the rest of us don't, or that's just one of the better, uh, one of the worst uh, decisions in this decade from a, a organizational perspective. And it looks like it's leaning more towards the latter, right? That's just a really, yeah. really bad move. This dude's 22 years old still. Uh, the only, and again, because I'm going to try to criticize something in his game, right? Everybody can't be a god out there. Strikes out a lot. He struck out, it's like 185 times, 188 times so far. 183 plate appearances in his pro career. So a little bit closer to like 20%. Um, that can use a little bit of work, but when you're swinging at pitches and the payoff is, you know, 43 home runs in, in about a season of work or less, <laughs> you kind of got to take those strikeouts with him. I wish he'd be a little bit more. But man, it's hard to criticize anything that Tatis can do at this point. That kid's amazing. Right. Right. And he's batting 295 for his career. Uh while striking out that many times. So it's not like it's affecting his overall uh, profile. A couple of funny things on him for anybody who doesn't already know this. A, while we were preparing for this, maybe 35 minutes ago, he hit another (laughs) home run off the Dodgers. He should have. (laughs) We had that. And then B, the Padres knew so quickly how awesome this guy was that they signed him to the longest contract in baseball history. And he's the third highest pay or third biggest contract in, uh, I think North major sports, sports, yeah, maybe fourth because of Mahomes. Right. But $340 million in 14 years. I couldn't believe it. I was trying to compare him and Acuna the other day. And, and man, the, the amount that the Braves signed Acuna for compared to – Oh, Tatis yeah. Was no, just... the Braves – <laughs> and we'll get to him, but the Braves have the deal of deals with him going. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's crazy. But, yeah, just a couple more things on him because he he's just so awesome. He's so awesome. And then he, he when he hit that second one off of Bauer yesterday, he did the McGregor strut back to the dugout because Bauer always does that off the yep. mound. Oh, God, he's just so awesome. <laughs> I love him. I think he's just phenomenal. He really is. He really is. 22 years old. Unreal. 22 years old. All so. right. Well, I guess that brings me to number two. 
Yes, uh, here, this guy's another one, and, and I, I'm going to be honest. I haven't watched him a lot myself, uh, but it's not like you, you have trouble finding his name or knowing who he is whenever you look at highlights or stats after you know a couple weeks or, or a, a couple months go by in a season. Juan Soto, my goodness, that that's my that's my number two. This kid is just amazing, and and I'm going through looking at at stats here. And again, I already knew who he was. He was obviously awesome when the Nationals uh, won the World Series mm-hmm. last year in the shortened season. He led the majors in like six categories at 21 years old, including intentional walks. Mike Trout still plays baseball and Juan Soto leads the the majors in intentional walks, Uh, batting average on base percentage, slugging percentage. Just, I mean, again, this is his age 21 season and he's doing these things. Um, So he's, yeah, go go ahead. ahead. No. And, and just to, bring up like to put the cherry on top of everything you said about last season he missed like the first week of games due to covid oh yeah you're right he only played 47 games <laughs> so that's just even that just puts it even again into a little bit more perspective even in, even in a shortened season he took 13 less games than everybody else and still just kid rakes right right yeah he's he's awesome so that would be that would be the one that i would take number two uh, to start my team again, another 22 year old who you could put in the middle of your order for the next decade or 15 years. And he's going to produce for you. So yeah. that, that would be my, that would be my pick for sure. And Let's, just so, so sorry. So we can go a little bit over on, on Soto. Yeah. Been career games so far in his career. So uh, just over two seasons worth of games, 296 average, 968 OPS, 71 home runs, 225 RBIs. 24 stolen bases. So, again, if there's anything to critique and not even – I mean, to I guess critique because not everybody has to have all the tools, but he's not the fastest guy, right? He's not going to steal you uh, 40 bags a season, anything like that. But, man, with those power numbers and that average, everything he hits he puts into play, it seems. He doesn't have really bad at-bats or, or anything like that. And the Nationals have been – Trying to do a good enough job of keeping him protected in that lineup. Uh, I know they lost Rendon uh, after before last season, uh, but and they obviously lost Harper too. But they are doing enough for him to, uh, even with the intentional walks, still have enough meaningful at bats and meaningful opportunities to try to get the team going. Obviously, he's got a World Series title to go with it. He was runner-up in the 2018 Rookie of the Year. He was MLB first team last year again, second team the year before that, which was his first uh, full season in the in the majors. And it wasn't even a full season. It was uh, no, yeah, twenty nineteen was a full season. And he was yeah. the batting champ last year, like you said, and the silver slugger. This dude already has a list of accolades to his name. He's twenty two years old. He's barely played two full seasons in the league. Uh, the right. Nationals have something special with him. They should lock him up as soon as they can. And and really just build around them, just build, build, build. Yeah, yeah. Two two top ten MVP finishes before age twenty two. Amazing, it's insane. It's insane. Yeah, crazy. So that, so that's our number two. That yep. brings us to number one, uh, Mr. Enrique. Take it away. Number one is uh, probably the most obvious name on this list, and it is Ronald Acuna Jr. of the Atlanta Braves. This kid is the truth. Like. At this point, he's 23 years old, and he's already 
I don't know where we put him, top three players in the league altogether, maybe four. Uh, he is a stud. Again, it barely two seasons, 330 games, 286, 929 OPS, 88 home runs, 210 RBIs, and 64 stolen bases. This dude is an above-average fielder. He has awesome exit velocity, right? When he hits the ball, like, he punishes that baseball. These are not dribblers into the outfield that he gets singles on, and that's how he's getting this average. No, this dude is crushing it. He's got 40-40 possibility. That's not something that we've seen come up in the league very often uh, recently. Like, to hit for 40 home runs and steal 40 bags in a season would be a great accomplishment for him. He already did 30-30 in the 2019 season, which was just already like, dude, that's your first full season in the majors and you're hitting, you're doing 30-30 right there out there on people and you're just running by everybody, hitting by them. Elite, elite hard hit percentages. Like I said, his exit velocity and his hard hit percentages are through the roof. Everything that he puts the bat on is a punishment. And on top of that, he's out there in the outfield making plays, jumping up, stealing home runs. Um, and he's landed on, oh my God, like one of the best teams to really like make your name with in the league at this point. With Freddie Freeman being, like I said, a, a defending NL MVP right now, he's on the squad. They got Ozzy Albies. Um, they are a good team who really should be doing more, in my opinion. I think the Braves are one of the more underperforming franchises that people give a pass to in the league because especially right now, like this squad should have been in the World Series already by now. I know the Dodgers are there, but man, they were up 3-1 on the Dodgers last year in the NLCS, if I recall correctly. And blew yeah. it uh, and blew it to LA. So th- there's no reason to say that these guys shouldn't have already hit uh, a World Series. And Acuna is going to lead that squad for the next ten years. He's going to be, I mean, he's already a top five player in the league. I think that once Trout gets a little bit up there in age and Mookie's already getting up there, it's going to be him and Soto for six or seven years as the conversation of who's one, who's two, probably. Yeah, yeah. I think Tatis will be there too. But just as a as a follow up. I'm I'm looking at the stats for this season so far. Currently, he leads the league in runs, hits, home runs, batting average, slugging percentage, OPS, OPS plus, and total bases. <laughs> so That's... if if you're looking for a 23 year old to do all of that, I know the Indians would kill for somebody like that. So yeah, it, I mean, my gosh, what else are you looking for? Eight years, 100 million dollars is what they got this man to agree to. Grossly right. two... underpaid. They have two team options, but yep. they're team options. They're not even player options, and they're team options for $12 million a year. Yep, so it's they're... 10 for 124 if they exercise those. That is, I mean, that's a steal. You're talking about a right. less than 50% bargain to what we're paying Tatis, and we all just agreed that Tatis is at least a notch under this dude. Right. Well, and, and Tatis, I looked at the, the contract breakdown yesterday. The last six years of his deal, he makes $36 million a season. Oh, that's that's dude. 10 years worth of Ronald Acuna. <laughs> yeah, that's Jesus Christ. That uh, listen, Atlanta needs to make it to the World Series because it seems like they've done everything else right so far. They're building this squad right in my opinion and with not to get too far off track but with some of the pitching that they've got there with Freed and and Soroka, uh this this Atlanta Braves team can really be one of these squads like the Dodgers that can all of a sudden make three World Series appearances in a row and take one or two or even all three of them if they if they get it together. Yeah, well, if any baseball team knows about winning a bunch of division titles and never winning a World Series, it would be them. Bazinga. So. 
<laughs> They're going to have to contend with the Padres and the Dodgers for quite a while, I feel. Yeah, they are. They're definitely going to have to contend with the Padres and the Dodgers. And, I mean, the Mets are right there. The Mets look like they're putting it together this season. Again, we've said it. They've played less games than everybody. But uh, Stroman, other than yesterday's hiccup, has looked phenomenal. DeGrom, we talked about what a stud he is. Uh, the Mets can do it. But, man, Atlanta is prime to dominate this, this this division for years and years to come. Yeah, I, I don't I don't want to necessarily start a uh, an annual Mets bashing. I already do that enough through text and individual messages. But <laughs> the Mets suck. Fuck the Mets. <laughs> I don't know, man. They got this new infielder there playing shortstop for him. He seems like a pretty nope. good player. Well, he's batting like 188, so. <laughs> oh, Frankie. Frankie Lindor. Oh, no, talking about, you can't right? call him that. That's lazy. That's lazy. You can't call him that. <laughs> In case you all haven't noticed, this will be a theme this year. We are going oh, to bash God. the Mets. Yeah. Oh, God, the Mets suck. If they didn't have the ground, they would be the worst team in baseball. But whatever. Enough of that. Sir, another wonderful experience. Thank you very much for all the information. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to go over before we let everybody go? Uh, no. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Please make sure to subscribe to our pod on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. Give us a follow on Instagram at 3 Major Sports. Uh, we will be posting uh, episode previews on there. We will then post uh, episode recaps once it's up so you all know what's out there to listen to. And, uh, yeah, no, thanks for being with us. Perfect. All right, sir. Thank you very much. All right. Take care, sir. Take it easy. Take care, everybody.